0: Many questioned why the Chicago Bears were traveling to Gillette Stadium for a week eight primetime game, but it could be easily explained as a perfectly executed scheduling decision that would see Bill Belichick move past George Halas in all-time wins. As eight-point favorites, all New England had to do was show up. That didn't happen. Welcome back to another Monday Night Football Recap, everyone. I'm joined again with Brian O'Leary. Brian, last time we heard from you was last night saying that uh, at eight points, it might be worth a punt on these New England Pages, did you put down a punch yourself, did you?
1: I did, Mark. It's good to be back with you, uh, discussing another Monday night game. Yeah, you're, you're right. On the show last night, I got my hands, I uh, got the knuckle wrapping, shall we say. I did put up that I felt this was a, a game. I also said it on the betting podcast earlier in the week, when me and Michael did our analysis on this game. Everybody, I think, in their right mind thought this was a, a Patriots win and a Patriots come for win, but it didn't play out that way. I think what we established last night is, I don't think the Bears are as bad as people think. And I don't think the Patriots are as good as people think. And me included was getting ahead of myself, saying, well, the Patriots are going to be 4-3 and three going into MetLife this weekend against a resurgent Jets team, and it makes for a great AFC East game. And it still does, but um, I certainly think we have to give the Bears kudos for going in there. And and essentially, David, it was, a, it was so one-sided. Um, I know we're going to get into it now, but it was a very one-sided Monday night game.
0: Yeah, when, <laughs> when I turned on the, the whatever, the breakdown in 40, the 40-minute 40 recap of this game, and you see it's 34 minute, thirty four minutes long, I was like, beautiful, that's all I want for this game. And you know straight away that the Bears have executed the run game, which is kind of what they're doing all year. Um, I didn't anticipate that it was going to be so much of Justin Fields in it. Now, as a team, they went off for 243 yards. David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, both 60 yards each they both had like split the carries David Montgomery had a touchdown in there but it's really what Justin Fields was able to get done it's an interesting one Brian I know you're not a Jalen Hurts fan but like watching this game I'm kind of like I know there's been comparisons made to Jalen Hurts with Justin Fields and that's kind of how I saw him in this game that like he his passing isn't perfect, but when you have that run game there, he really opens it up. What did you make of him?
1: I, I, I think can't be, it can't help but be impressive last night. Yeah, we've been very tough on him. We've discussed the fact that the Bears offensive line doesn't give him much of an opportunity in some games. But last week, in a, in a poor game against Washington, I felt he played well and they were unfortunate not to win that game. And last night, they were struggling to maintain him. I thought his. Accuracy last night was much improved. I mean, he Mooney was he had some nice throws to Mooney, some nice throws to the tight end. and he got out on the perimeter, but his running skills, his running skills are not to be discredited. He really is a very effective runner. I think he went for 82 yards in rushing last night. There was times where the Bears did get, or not the Bears, the the Patriots defense and the front seven did get to him and he was running around. And nine times out of ten, we've seen him being sacked in those positions, he managed to escape players with his versatility and get away from them and then not only that when he did get away he didn't always run he went with the throw and he was he was finding players in open space so it was really positive I, I can understand why Bears fans I saw something last week where there was a conversation about the Bears potentially picking top five and the likelihood they would have to consider a quarterback but the Bears fans who I know have maintained the same consistent message throughout the course of the season he's not the issue there's other fundamentals in the team that are all wrong but he should be given more time and given an opportunity and Certainly, on the on the basis of what we saw last night, he is learning. He is improving week on week, and I think if he got an offensive line issues resolved in the long term, we might see the we might see in first like we have with Jalen Hurts over the course of the past uh, this season and the past, I suppose, the past six months of last season.
0: Yeah, when you mentioned Justin Fields there, and whether he's on, you know. Uh, Alicia tomorrow Demo- if, if if he's on um, a ticking time bomb now whether they're going to replace him and then we're going to be talking about Mac Jones later on it does seem that there's a lot of impatience and look like, we completely understand we're not new to the NFL that's going to happen every year if the quarterback isn't playing but like he did show a lot yesterday like 11 designed runs it was more than twice he's ever gotten before but even when he wasn't even when it wasn't a designed run, like there were, it was one moment coming towards the end of the first half that he, he, New England brought pressure. He should have three or four times he had chances. He has to get rid of the ball. And I was like, what is he doing? But all of a sudden he scrambles and he breaks free, picks up the first down and goes for 20 yards. But then the next play, he <laughs> the same thing happens, but he fumbles the ball. So it's kind of this risk reward that you're going to get. But I think that's just cause he is fresh. Like, yeah, he's what second year quarterback, but he didn't play a bunch last year or what well, he, he did play, but not, you know, you don't feel like he's an out and out starter at this point. You know, he doesn't seem like a complete veteran that there is going to be those growing pains, but it was also then those aren't designed runs, but he did pick up plenty with his legs, but then throwing on the run, next-gen stats had him 6-7 for 104 yards. It was, It is really impressive. And when you consider that the offense is as poor as it is, you have to give him a lot of credit for what he did. And then when he was throwing the ball, I was really impressed. On the first touchdown, uh, the HH-wise of the Patriots comes on a blitz, and he's, he's actually trying to block the ball. Justin Fields pumps it. And absolutely sells it so well that he opens up mountains of space to throw a ball to, I forget who it was, it was oh, to Khalil Herbert for an excellent touchdown. And then I think I know one of the times you're talking about in the second quarter when Cole is going out the side and, or it's the third quarter it was, an absolutely lovely dime from Justin Fields to land it in on him. That I was like, from all facets of the game, I was kind of a bit frustrated that he, looks to scramble a bit, and that's exactly why I think he's very like Jalen Hurts. But there's certainly a lot to build on here, and like I just said, in that offense as well, it doesn't have a ton of talent. You're running it like crazy. Like I said, 250-odd yards last night that when they start to build around him and when a passing passing game becomes obvious, because that's clearly what Chicago is about this year. It was clearly identifiable in the first game against San Francisco. And I think it really comes down to the, the NFL has caught up and is focusing on the passing game. We're going to talk about this each and every week because everyone is defending the passing game. So when you have a massive element of the run game, just like the Detroit lions are doing when they a run first, just like you have with your Jalen hurts as a running quarterback with your Josh Allen's as a running quarterback, even how Brian Dable has brought that running quarterback over with Brian Dable the Cardinals won't capitalise it on with Kyler Murray because he's too short, but it shows that when you're run first and when you have a running quarterback, that it's a you're able to succeed. Now I don't think that the Chicago Bears are going to make any great moves going through the rest of the year. I think that they're going to be a bit, I suppose, risky that you don't know if they're going to be able to pull off a win like this, even as eight point underdogs. I mean, does that was more what New England has been on a bit of a hot streak at the moment, especially what they did to the Detroit Lions shutting them out. That the Chicago Bears could certainly pop up each week, but I, I don't know, do I give them massive credit for like going down? Are they going to get to five hundred by the end of the year or something?
1: No, look, I think for Bears fans, it, it's the same kind of again, same kind of common message. It's new GM, new head coach. So I know the teams in the league have new GMs, new head coaches that are first, but probably are in a better position. But for the Bears really to about evaluating where they are this this season and then making decisions for the future come the next draft and free agency they didn't have a fourth round pick this year they would given that over to the Giants as part of the, the original move to get up to get Justin Fields so it is very much a, a season of learnings from, them and I suppose making that decision whether, whether he's going to be the right guy in the long run um, you're t- we're talking about the comparison to Hortz they, 12 months ago people were saying that, including myself and we spoke about it, me and you when we were on our way over for the, for the London game around how Jalen Hurts has improved his accuracy. I mean, you, you touched on Justin Fields getting on the perimeter last night, and his accuracy was was very good. And we've seen games where he's overthrown players in the lead and in the interceptions, or he's just missing players who were wide open. That seemed to have vastly improve last night. And what I would say is, bear in mind the Patriots' defense, and you touched on there against the Lions, they shut out the Lions. They were really effective against the Browns team. That's offensively you know, quite a, bit, a little bit better than what we expected. That's why I thought last night, I couldn't see a scenario where the Bears would be able to move the ball up and down the field, to which they did. But when you have a quarterback who gives you that alternative in terms of the run, that actually is like essentially like an extra running back. You're always going to have a better opportunity. That particular player calling out the force, him, that was a Jordan sixteen play, and they blitzed heavy, um, and it looked like he was going to be sacked. as he said, and then he got out But the different the guys out like the safety, the sense of recovering wide receivers down the field, which left left a big gap. And that's that's the piece that they have. With it. He's been running very efficiently in the game so far, without great success in terms of the results. But last night was was a big eye opener that he does have the talent. And if he improve him in terms of his accuracy, then maybe they do have the answer in the long run. There were some other players, like defensively, of the Bears. I thought the Bears played really well. were some rookies, I think Brisker's name still stood out. He stood out for the course of the season last night. I know we're gonna get into the Patriots offense and their flaws, but like they've got some new talent on the team, the Bears, and, and it was it's just a case of it coming together and With Roquan Smith there, you've always got a great player on defence. It's just a case of trying to put it all together. Um, I'm right with you in terms of, will they get the 500? Probably not. Will they cause a few more shocks this season? Probably will, because on their day, if they play the way they did last night, they will give teams a game and a matchup and and put themselves in a position to win games.
0: I I don't know what I'd be picking them in any games going forward, because you don't know what you're going to get, but it's kind of one of those that if you're putting an ACA on or something that you're going to leave, whatever team they're playing against off because they're just, you know, not safe to pick against. i just, I just pulled up their um, depth chart on our lads and it's like, we know that they have a load of money coming down the line. I think next year they're going into free agency with the most amount of cap space. Um especially if they like running the ball, there's going to be a lot of running backs on it. Well, it's interesting to look at their wide receivers and the highest wide receiver that they have on their, um, and their squad is Nikhil harry who they obviously got from new england who was a former first round pick that has completely failed darren mooney was a fifth round pick dante pettis has bounced around equinania st brown undrafted was with green bay so they actually haven't invested in the wide receiver room at all so when they do invest next off season you don't know where it's going to go because justin herbert last year he played with alan robertson and everyone kind of questioned oh alan robertson doesn't even want to play for this team anymore because there's no um receiving threat and you know it's not good for him he moves over to the la rams and he shows that i hate using the word washed or whatever but it does seem that he's not the player that he once was so it's not a fair assessment to say last year oh justin herbert did have a legit wide receiver and didn't get anything done it seems he might not have yet played with a legit wide receiver i know people are like darnell Al- mooney and all that but it, it will be different if they're able to get an out and out elite talent because right now it's not there on the roster it's funny yeah that mikhail harry came over from new england new england are, are kind of themselves doing it with some um less than high caliber unless you want to look at the De- uh, pettis but as we kind of transition into talking new england i do want to say the chicago offense going against new england papers the first thing that i noticed about this game was New England had no intensity on defense. I think that they've had a good few decent games now in a row, and it looked like they completely underestimated Chicago. And that is why they kind of they went down early initially. But I was just shocked to see, like, their screens and there's, like, I, I, I meant to go back to get the play because I'm watching the 40-minute um, version, and I don't think the display in particular was going to be needed. You know, I, I didn't take any kind of real mental note. But it was early on in the first quarter and there's a screen by the Chicago Bears and the New England players just watch the play out. And they make a tackle maybe two yards after the player catches it and the rest of the guys are checked out, looking over the sideline, what's the next play? The play's still going on. And he goes and he picks up another three yards. And it's like, what were they doing? It was, I think, a sign from the very beginning of the game. But it wasn't just defense that lost this game for New England, even though they gave up, what, 33, 34 points? <laughs> the quarterback situation, Brian. What is going on?
1: Well, Zappi has been has been quite good in the game in which he played. I mean, he, he came in in a difficult situation in Green Bay. He was comfortable against the Lions and he stood out last week, I felt, against the Browns. Um, we've had a conversation on the show around who should be the starter. I have maintained Mac Jones as the starter because uh, Michael, for example, has called it with a scenario throughout the course of the years where. The Patriots and other teams have moved on from a quarterback quarterback inadvertently, like you know, that wasn't the plan, but things happen during the season. And you, you find the right guy and it was the hot hand. But Mac Jones is only in the league, well, less than less than two years. He's like they drafted him at 15 in that draft, um, the 15 pick in, in the first round. So it's not a scenario where a quarterback's been there five or six years, and you say, right, the time is now to move on to this other guy. So I, I did agree with him coming back in. They felt he this was the right game to bring him back in. And you know, in, in with the mindset of going to a big AFC East clash this weekend, the game on from that injury, Um, there's a there's a two there's two storylines today. One of which is he's been pulled, and Zappy's been brought in, and Belichick will just if he sees it's not the right situation, he bring in the right man, and he feels Zappy last night. Um was it very early in the game for me? I thought it was too early in the game. We pulled them, so early. they were still well in the game. There was no need to do it. But then today, there's also people saying is that is. His ankle strain, his high ankle strain is not right. And they felt he was, some people felt he was coming back too soon. He was adamant he was ready to go. And then they're saying he wasn't ready to go. And they quickly recognised that and took him out of the game. I guess we'll never get to the truth. Maybe it's a, it's a and act. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. He's not fully fit. But at the same time, he didn't look up to it. And I just think the Patriots are bringing more story, you know, story and more pressure on themselves. Because where do they go from here on Sunday? Like, is it back to Mac Jones or is it back to Zappi? And then when Zappi came in... Initially, it looked like, yeah, okay, makes sense. He goes and has two two drives to go up in the lead. That, to me, was the most surprising part of the game. They got up 14-10, having been 10 down. I expected that Patriots' defence to then start. You're right in terms of they looked a little bit complacent, but having had those early early scares to be 14-10 up, I thought they'd really step up then. That didn't materialise. But in the second half, Zappi was not existent as well. He was shut down towards the course of the game. So now I think now we're the Patriots' fans are in a precarious situation, I don't think they know what's the right way to turn for this game this Sunday to did he, did he rely on Mac Jones and hopefully he's a little bit fitter and um, or to did he, did he continue with Zappi and hopefully they see the form which they saw when he was in the, the three other games in which he played previously.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's mad how you say it because like when Zappi comes in now, I hate that the game in 40 does this you actually don't know he's been benched it's like, is that number four that's after coming out here? Because again, it's so early in the game we're like, Jesus what? what's Mac Jones in bench for? Zappi comes in And he leads two touchdown drives immediately. But it wasn't just like, you know, that they ran the ball. He made plays in that. He had a 30-yard touchdown to Jacoby Myers. And the Ramondre Stevenson score after that was set up with a beautiful 43-yard pass to Devontae Parker. So he looks like he's on fire. And I'm thinking, excellent. I'm making notes, thinking we're going to talk about this. Zappy comes in, serious quarterback controversy. But then coming out... Into the second half, I I was going making the stats say what were his first half yardage and, and uh, completion percentage and all this. It summed up in he had two three and out drives, and then he had two drives that ended with interceptions. How can someone go from so hot in their eight minutes of play in quarter two to just off a cliff? Like if he continues that play, we're talking all kinds of stuff. Like there's no way. um that mac jones is getting into this that bill belichick is an absolute genius knowing when to bench mac jones even though that's a crazy thing to do that new england fans had gotten their way they were chanting for zappi in the in the crowd it was very audible they get their way they're high and mighty that zappi is in absolutely ball and they just went off a cliff like i it's kind of inexplicable because you know confidence obviously shouldn't be an issue but then they completely stalled that that's why we have this, you know, quote-unquote controversy going forward. Now, I do agree with you that Mac Jones should stay in there. He did go to the Pro Bowl last year, even if it was an alternate. He has – this was him last year, you know. The Patriots, we were all thinking, geez, how have they gotten another quarterback in Mac Jones? Oh, Mac Jones should have been the quarterback that um, Kyle Shannon wanted third overall when they traded up and gave up a bunch that you can't move on from Mac Jones just because the storyline with baby Zappi is, Oh, another, you know, ruthless underdog is going to come in and get it done. That Mac Jones was drafted for a reason. He has more in his career and whether that's college or last year in the NFL, uh, going for him now. Yeah. When he starts the game with two, three and outs, and a shocking interception, I mean, I don't know what he was doing. There was a drop directly before the interception. There was a drop that I suppose was, I think was on Ramondre Stevenson. That you know, I was kind of thinking, Oh, you know, he's not going to be happy, that shouldn't go down into his stats. But then the way he floated this next one, it was always getting picked off. And I think that bell Belichick has shown plenty of times throughout his career that if someone makes an mental mistake like that, that they bench him because there's nothing wrong with Mac Jones' ankle yesterday, he was running when he had to. And look fine it's a bit like dino jones in london when i'm looking out for the ankle i was like there's no excuse there so mac jones i think that ankle is completely made up i think he gets benched uh the reports before this game were that or sorry not, not that the reports it came out through your adam chapters and stuff and was talked about afterwards that it was always part of the game plan that mac jones knew that they'd be switching quarterbacks what he didn't know was that he wasn't going to get back in now i thought that said more because coming out of the second or coming out of halftime, their broadcast talked about that they would be switching quarterbacks and that Mac Jones being benched was not him being benched properly, that this was just them going, this was them trying something. When he doesn't come back on, that's what I'm kind of circling. I know that the game had got away from them, but you know Zappi was obviously playing quite poorly that I don't know what they're going to do going forward. But again, I think it's very easy for them either to pin it on an injury or for Bill Belgic just to be like he has always done and saying, yeah, this guy made a mental mistake. I'm going to take him out of the game, but it's very difficult going forward.
1: I I didn't buy into this. They're going to have a dual track quarterback scenario here in this game where they're going to play of them. How does that make any sense for either player? Where, where, how does that make any sense for the consistency of an offense to have two different quarterbacks? It's not like they're bringing in a quarterback such as Mariota in in Vegas last year for a Wildcat situation and then he goes back out again and Derek Carr comes in or other scenarios where we see in the league like that doesn't make any sense to have different quarterbacks you're right Mac Jones on on the ankle injury he ran for 24 yards you know early on and he was scrambling and he looked fine and what would he have had if he had a state in the game who knows when he got up to 56 he, if he was under pressure and he was scrambling on the perimeter um is what we saw in the second half last night was a, a defense, and, and since he shut him out game, he had one hundred eighty-five yards. How many of them were in the fourth half? I think it was something over hundred in the first half. Um, and there was little, little to be done in the second half. and um, I looked at another stuff today. Average yards per per, per pass. I think for for Zappi was seven. Average yards for Mac Jones in the game was three, and he was only in the game for a small part. There's not much of a gap between. But maybe maybe. We're not recognizing a really good Bears defense performance because the Bears have been quite stout in some games this season and they stepped up in the second half. But you're right. Like where, where is this leading? The controversy there. Don't buy into this scenario.
0: Yeah, so I suppose. Look, with Chicago last night, I, I like that you mentioned the defense. Uh, Jacon Baker and Kyler Gordon, there are a couple of DVs that aren't being talked about yet that I think will because they're playing quite well. If, when you fast forward to the Jets game, it's kind of frustrating because doesn't Bill Belichick have the Jets numbers? Doesn't he have Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson's been playing miserably. But it's it's, it's, it's like we're going to get this super defensive game because there's not going to be much offense. Like I, I think you'd probably bet the under on points-wise because none of these teams are scoring. But it is funny when we come in on the top of this and we're talking about uh, Bill Belichick could go second in all-time wins wouldn't it be beautiful if he did it against the New York Jets it's a very difficult game to pick because I still don't have any faith in the Jets I think I'll go with them just because the record at the moment but like that's exactly what Bill Belichick is asking you to do so yeah look it's definitely interesting it's strange that you know as the whole NFL is playing out that it's so super tight but like whoever wins this is going to be kind of like I'm not going to say firmly in control of second place in the NFC East. And what does second place in the NFC East even mean? I don't know, because the Bills are playing so well. But I mean, just because the Dolphins have been playing um, or picked up a few losses, they didn't look amazing the other day against Pittsburgh. That one of these teams is going to be you know, high on power rankings and stuff like that. It's very difficult to to place even where New England is because yeah, that Detroit Lions game was just an absolute shock for me, at least. I'm pretty sure I picked the Detroit Lions in that and whatever number they put up pitched a shutout Um, yeah New England they're a very tricky team to pin down and I think it's mainly because Bill Belichick is in charge because what they're getting out of yeah even the wide receivers Devontae Parker is obviously legit but uh, watching what they have behind them and Ramondre Stevens, you know they have the committee backfield in New England as well committee (laughs) quarterback room it seems at this point but um, obviously the defense is stepping up the next couple of primetime games that we do have is the Bills play the Packers on Sunday Night Football. I'm going to be previewing that with Derek Arger on Friday or Thursday. It's going to come out. Before then, we have Thursday Night Football, so you're going to be previewing that with the lads. It's going to be the Books versus the Ravens. I don't know if I'll have an opportunity, so I'm going to pick the Ravens in that game, even though I'm not sure the Ravens really are able to close out games. And Tampa Bay are really going to have to put the... Being you off know, pedaled or the foot in the pedal at the moment. Any quick words on that game, Ryan?
1: I I don't think that game is as straightforward as seen everybody Just things yeah. the formality. That the Ravens will go in because the Bucs have been so poor and the books offensively on Sunday. It's all being put on Brady right now, but there's a lot of things gone wrong. For that books team couldn't run the ball. The only so, sixteen rushes for forty six yards in that game against the Panthers. Mike Evans. I mean, if you catch that ball and you play the game, it could be very different defensively. Really, they gave up 170 seventy yards. On, on the on the ground to the Pandas. But I wasn't impressed with the Ravens either. I felt the Browns let that one slip. There was a dubious pass interference on Cuba, which I thought was a bit bit a harsh. I thought the Browns played quite well, kept it close. And really I felt they should have won the game in the end. I thought the Ravens would have been better and something I thought they would have really rebounded off a difficult loss to the Giants. They're stumbling, but yet they're, they're just they're still in the mix. But I think they need to get their their house in order. This this one for me is it's a sink or swim game for the Bucs. If the Bucs bearing in the division is Let's be fair; it's an average division right now. It's kind of remind you of the NFC used to years ago. Nobody wanted to, you know, stretch on and win the division. If the Bucks lose this and go three and five, and with the Rams coming the following week, um, I know the Rams are up and down, but you'd expect them at some stage to start playing really well. And um, they have to win this. I think the Ravens, the Ravens can probably afford to lose this game more so than the bucks but it makes for a much a really good a good game just coming Thursday.
0: Yeah, even after beating the Browns, I put the Ravens down on my power rankings because while they're best. You know skill or positions are elite like when you have lamar and that it's like their weaknesses are very weak they should have lost that game the other day really against you know poor brown side so even though i like watching the ravens and i think that they can give us a lot of entertainment and i do think that they make the playoffs you're right they don't have to win this game like other teams have to win but they just you just don't know what to put on the field and the books because it is so do or die i mean that division that afc or nfc south could Produce a winner that has a losing record. It's honestly that crazy at the moment. But imagine we're going into—we've been complaining about prime time games all year. We now have prime time games that feature Aaron Rodgers and one playing the Buffalo Bills, Tom Brady playing the Baltimore Ravens, and we're probably still complaining, being like, "Oh, these Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers teams are so bad that they're going to be absolute uh, washes or whatever." I yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm not at all confident in the. Ravens pick. I just think that Tampa Bay you have to go on what they've shown us so far and there it hasn't been a lot. Especially you can't pick them coming off a loss to the Carolina Panthers, can you? Brian, thanks a million for joining me again. We'll talk to you then and thanks to everyone that listened.